Are you satisfied with your understanding of sustainability? If you are not, imagine a journey together, a pluralistic one, with academia, innovators, startups, NGOs, all looking for solutions to the greatest challenge of our time. My name is Samuele Tini, and this is the Sustainability Journey. So welcome to our new episode. Today we are going a step further in our journey, discovering the B Corp movement. And we are doing with an expert that has crossed two continents and she has worked in, in Asia with the B Corps and now she's in Europe. She's a sustainability leader and one, uh, one, a great expert on the B Corp movement. I'm pleased to welcome Lor Korenyan Shaber to the podcast. Thank you, Lor, for being here. Thank you very much, uh, Samueli, for having me. It's a real pleasure to be here. We will discuss uh, your work in the B Corp, especially your experience with the B Purpose Bureau. Uh, that is your company that you co-founded. Before that, I'm always curious to ask uh, this, is Lor's journey to sustainability? I actually started my journey way back uh, as a, an investor relations professional, so nothing to do with sustainability. First, uh, working in Paris for three years and then in London for seven years. And these were really my formative years. You know, they were really a formative years for me. But eight years in, I kind of had the feeling of deja vu creeping up. And that coincided with the birth of our first child. And then shortly after that, we had our second child. And when I went back to work, I felt sort of out of place. And not just because I was the youngest mom at the firm there. <laughs> I used to be very passionate about my job, you know, and finding purpose and helping companies communicate with investors, analysts, and media. And there had even been a time when I got a rush from stuck in the office until dawn, dealing with lawyers, bankers, and CFOs on an upcoming IPO, for instance. But right there and then, I felt disconnected. Something was missing, but I couldn't put my finger on what exactly. Our acting HR must have sensed it as well, because that's when he asked me if I wanted to be part of the new green team they were putting together to help companies communicate around their sustainability issues. I didn't know anything about sustainability at the time. And bear in mind that was back in 2007. So it was still early days and very much considered niche. Despite my ignorance though, um, I agreed, eager to discover something new. And one of our clients then, one of the green team's clients was Suez. And that's when I discovered the concept of circular economy, which the Suez CEO, Jean-Louis Chaussade, talked about extensively. Going from linear economy to a circular one that considered from the design stage, the global challenges like climate change, waste and pollution really appealed to me. It seems, you know, so logical to anchor your company in a broader environment than just the boardroom and to consider other stakeholders beyond shareholders in your decision making. I know it sounds, you know, maybe a little bit obvious now, you know, but it was somewhat of a revelation to me at the time, you know, and for the past eight years or so, I had been so embedded in a world where shareholder primacy reigned, Friedman was still king, and a world where the Millennium Development Goals targeted developing countries, right? The sustainability challenges and opportunities I came across through my clients 
got me so interested that I decided to learn more and to enroll in a master's degree on environmental management. But I was working office hours, studying for a master's, and raising two very young children. So when my husband told me we would be moving to Hong Kong in a few months, I knew something had to give. And I wanted to keep, you know, the kids and the family <laughs> that I was sure of. And I needed to focus on the move. Um, but contrary to what everyone expected, I dropped the prestigious job to focus on my studies. And really, people thought I was crazy. I remember a friend telling me very bluntly, you're having a midlife crisis, even though I was only barely 34. <laughs> um, you know, she said, you can't give up your job for a passing trend. And the passing trend she was referring to was sustainability, right? That's how people saw it at the time. Passing trend. Yeah, just passing. But I knew in my gut that it was the right thing to do because it felt like a more meaningful way of doing business. And I loved and still love the business world. I believe that businesses are part of the solution. You know, they are the movers and shakers of this world. They must be part of the solution. And I believe that taking a more holistic view, taking a step back from short-term profits and addressing the social and environmental issues also represented great business opportunity. And I think all in all this, you know, being a mother probably played a role in changing my worldview. I know it sounds a bit cliche, but I wanted to be able to look my children in the eyes and say, I tried, at least I tried to do my little part to make this world a better place for you and your children. Uh, overall, I think, you know, I, like others before me, had come to the realization that stakeholder focus could be a win-win solution, which delivers benefits both to society and to shareholders. What I hadn't realized, though, was that the country we had just moved to, Hong Kong, was far from there yet. Some, you know, slash most of my friends already thought I was crazy, but for having chosen, you know, the sustainability path over a career in financial comms. But for Hong Kongers, I was straight up bunkers, <laughs> you know? You know, you can see a pioneer in your life because you pioneered sustainability. Yes. And then when you were starting to become, then you went also to preach, let us say, in, in foreign land, <laughs> old metaphors. Yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> you know, what you just said, you know, in the literature, rather than being cliche for women, even literature, because, as you know, I'm, I'm, I'm reading a lot, especially also for B Corps Corporation, when women leaders are there, there are higher chances of success and more focus on the purpose. Notwithstanding that, also my small experience with this podcast, let us say, 90% of guests of the podcast are women. So I can really see that women are leading the world to a better future. And you are part of one. Fortunately, I think men are catching up as well. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we are trying, we are trying. <laughs> and it's really interesting what you say, you know, because I can see the passion, the flow that is coming from you and, you know, the fire burning for sustain the sustainability. And what you said, you know, from the work of the investment, and, you know, the shareholder to the stakeholder. And then I think 
when and how you got together, you know, because you said that, you know, going toward the shared value, going toward the stakeholders, how you met the B Corp? So that was uh, a little bit later. So, you know, when I arrived in Hong Kong, as I said, people thought I was five to 10 years too early in that field because Hong Kong was, and I guess to a large extent, is still led by short-term profits. But in any case, you know, I ended my master's, uh, joined an organization focused on promoting sustainable and responsible investment in Asia. Just to tell you a little bit about what the state of the market was in Asia at the time, the organization closed after a couple of years, well, at least a couple of when I was there, of, of me being there. And that says a lot about the maturity or lack of, in that instance, of the sustainable investment market at the time. So I went back to my own consultancy work that I had started during uh, my master's and to projects uh, that you know were sustainability oriented and on trying to empower businesses to be their best selves. And I think around Christmas 2019, maybe that was, you know, early uh, gift, I came across <laughs> an upcoming B Corp consulting um, at training program, consultant training program organized by the venue Lee founded B Lab Hong Kong in Macau. And of course, I, I was aware of the movement, but I didn't know what being a B Corp really entailed. So I joined this three-month certification program, and that's where I met Per and Nikki, who would later become the two other co-founders of the B Corp Bureau. And the first step of the training was to read, I don't know if you've read it yet, the B Corp Handbook by Ryan Honeyman and Tiffany Jana, which is a really great entry point for anyone interested in learning more about B Corps. And I would encourage any, our listeners, the ones that haven't read it already, to really have um, a read. And studying the book and the B Corp assessment was kind of a, an eureka moment for me, right? It felt like suddenly all the pieces of uh, the puzzle came together. I had been using a number of different frameworks and processes as sustainability consultants, you know, like systems thinking, environmental management system, the SDGs. But for the first time, it seemed I had found a framework that encompassed it all. You know, the B Corp builds on the important work other organizations and industry groups are doing to measure impact because as you know, you can't really manage what you can't measure, but it takes a more holistic approach, taking all of a company's stakeholders into consideration. And the assessment is also linked to the UN SDGs that I mentioned, as well as to the global reporting initiative. And even the movement's tagline, you know, balancing purpose and profits to redefine success in business was music to my ears. And the cherry on the cake was that I found out that the framework catered to all companies, whatever their size or industry. It was really inspiring to see that big corporates like Natura, Patagonia, Ben & Jerry's, but also smaller companies like Domi in Taiwan or Cards in Australia were part of this global movement. And in parallel of my own consultancy projects, uh, Nikki Pear and I started working together on B Corp workshops and on supporting companies on their B Corp journey. And we really, really got along and felt passionate about the movement. But we also saw that more and more people wanted to buy from, work for, and invest in businesses that they trust and whose values are aligned with their own. Even in Asia, sustainability was really becoming mainstream. If you just take consumers, for instance, before the pandemic, 
they had started prioritizing sustainability, but this trend was accelerated by the pandemic. There's no lack of research on the topic, as I'm sure you know, you know, and I don't know if you saw this recent study by PwC, which found that half of all global consumers surveyed said that they had become more eco-friendly. And I actually really believe that this consumer behavior is here to stay already back in 2017. And it seems like a whole era ago, considering what happened since globally. But a study by ConeCom had found that 94% of Zoomers, which account for you know around 40% of all consumers globally, so quite a substantial piece of the pie, said that companies should address urgent social and environmental issues. There's been countless studies over the past five years or so all pointing in the same direction. Stakeholder focus is here to stay, you know? And the good news is it's working. If you look at the S&P Global ESG Index, for example, it's outperformed the S&P Global Index over the last five years. So with all that in mind, we, I mean, Pear, Nikki and I, decided to establish our consultancy firm, the Be Purpose Bureau, or the Bureau, like we like to call it, to help businesses put purpose into practice by using the B Corp framework. That is incredible. And you have really built the case, not only the business case of sustainability, but also the business case for B Corps. It's really, I was reading, you know, a recent article on the Stanford Social Review, you know, in the next 10 years, it will be almost awkward not to be a B Corp or at least a company that has also a stakeholder perspective. And it was coming from Danone, not from, uh, you know, some niche uh, <laughs> and small owned or... So it's really something that, as you said, you know, there is this new push, the customers are coming and really also Asia is moving. So one of the questions that many people ask, you know, about the B Corps and you say, is it B Corps? I mean, for everybody, you know, how, 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 for example, people and businesses that are here, and it's a question that I, I usually ask, you know, you know, is it for me or is it just for this, as what you mentioned, you know, this Patagonia guys? No, no, absolutely. It's, it's really for everybody. It's a roadmap for any business, whether they're big or small, whatever they're, the stage they want to um, take it. Because, you know, the certifying scheme measures a company's entire social and environmental performance. And because the process is so stringent, uh, audited, as you know, by an independent third party, you know that when you see the B Corp logo, you're dealing with a company, again, whatever its size and industry, that is walking the talk. And we often get asked, is it easy to become certified? You know, if these startups and these companies, whatever their size, come to us after hearing about it and is it easy to become certified? The short answer is no. <laughs> it's really a demanding process. It requires time, effort, and long-term commitment, especially because you know you must recertify every three years. But that is a good thing. You know, as a consumer, it means that you can really trust a brand when you see the B logo. It's sort of a badge of honor. And as a certified B Corp, you get customer recognition and you build customer loyalty. I think B Corp is an antidote, right? To greenwashing and purpose washing, a way of telling a good company from good marketing and certifying as a B Corp is really a powerful way to build trust and credibility for your business. 
the hard work because let's not you know <laughs> uh, lie to ourselves it is very hard work that you put into this continuous journey of improvement also translates into stronger employee engagement and attracting new talent and given the current increasing resignation rates we're seeing across the globe the great resignation as they're calling it attracting and retaining talent is a particularly hot topic and if you take patagonia for instance they said last year that they received more than 9000 job applications for every single internship position and that's a really nice problem to have especially nowadays right <laughs> but other businesses smaller businesses like palo it a tech firm in hong kong also told us that they had seen an increase in job applications since they had become a B Corp. And another perk of being a B Corp, and that's, I think, you know, works for companies of all sizes as well, is that you draw attention from investors whose values are aligned with your own. Some funds actually now use the BIA to assess potential investees, but, you know, investors are starting to see the value in B Corps and sure they absolutely understand the importance of talent attraction and retention, particularly millennials, but they also appreciate the greater transparency they have through access to operational, sustainability, or impact data that are not generally shared in financial statements, right? Or they also appreciate the fact that the framework allows to benchmark companies and compare apples with apples. And I think another tangible benefit we've been seeing with our clients is that going on a B Corp journey forces you to think outside the box a little bit. And this in turn can lead to innovation. One of my clients, Stella at the time, explained how incorporating the commitment they had made as a B Corp in the production process had led to innovation and actually a whole new range of products. It really helps you to think differently. And I don't know if I've mentioned, but I think, you know, there's a free online tool that anyone can access. So if you're out there and listening, I would really encourage you to have a look at this very practical tool. It's free. So it's a system and it's called the B Impact Assessment, BIA, and it recognizes the positive impact you have, but it also helps you to find new ways of creating that impact. So when we go through the BIA with our clients, we always come across low hanging fruit, easy ways for them to improve. And it could be as simple as implementing a code of ethics policy or e-waste policy or setting targets for volunteer hours, you know? So there are lots of easy ways to improve. And then there are harder ways to improve when you look at more the impact business model, you know, so operational versus business model, that's where you create the most impact. And I think uh, the last benefit of being a B Corp that I'd like to share with you today is because that's one that we hear over and over from B Corps. It's that you join a global community of like-minded businesses, a community of visionary leaders that support each other. It's really a complete door opener. So again, if you're a small company looking you know, for support, but even if you're a big company and wanting to drive that further, you're part of a big community that all look in the same direction. And I think that's very important. So you know, that was a, a long answer for a brief conclusion. Yes, the B Corp is for everyone, and it's a great roadmap for any company, even if they don't want to get certified. Thank you so much. I mean, it is a very comprehensive and very strong uh, argument 
for B Corps. I mean, and it's really also within the literature because it's really something that now we have seen. And it's not just, you know, wishful thinking is based and backed by number and the practice. And although you say this art is now a path that is worth taking and working. I want to, I mean, if possible, to, to dig a little bit deeper, you know, in your experience as a practitioner. No, can you tell us? I mean, now I got excited. I mean, I'm there. I'm almost jumping and thinking and taking the journey and going towards the question that to reach, which is, as you said, is not ticking box, but really transforming. Can you give me some of your experience, Saitrispin, as a practitioner? You know, where are the most difficult parts, which are also, you know, the good parts? So, you know, just to prepare myself. So I think let's start with the easy part. I think the easiest part is probably the to improve on your operational impact through the day-to-day operations of your business, you know, like setting up a recycling policy for your employees to follow. But taking it to a higher level, that's what is sometimes difficult to have, you know, an impact business model. And that's about creating impact as a business. I'll give you an example uh, of a company that does that. It's Alberts. They produce and sell products So they make profit, it's really within their business model, they make profit out of producing and selling products made from recycled materials. And that's, you know, the biggest impact. And that's where companies find it sometimes harder because sometimes they come to us and they think they have everything figured out. I remember a client once said, you know, uh, we have recycling bins in our offices and we go uh, once a year, we do beach cleanups we should be able to certify. Actually, no, you know, it's, it goes a little bit beyond that. That is, those are very good steps. And, you know, please do continue to do those. But B Corp is about, you know, going the extra mile and taking steps a little, you know, further. So it is about the business model and really embedding all those values and the purpose into your business. Not, it's not just about the operational changes that you need to make as well. It is very, very, very interesting. So it's really a journey as a transformation. It really matches also some other interviews that we had. You know, we have these very nice things. Uh, yes, but how much is matching your revenues? So as you say, you know, how is going deeper? So it's anulistic, what you say. I like the word they have used. Anulistic approach towards operation and all the way you, you plan. Absolutely. And, and just to add something to that, I think one of the things that our client find sometimes difficult and that the, the BIA or the framework really helps with is to be coherent in everything that you do. Because sometimes you do things in one area, and but they're not necessarily linked to what you're doing in another area. And the framework allows you to take a step back and think, okay, so we're doing all these great things but how can we actually put them together in a more meaningful way? And it allows them to take a step back and we help them do that to really find their purpose. Why do we want to do those things? Why are we, have we been doing those things? And do those things make sense actually for us? Or should we change um, what we're currently doing? Because sometimes, you know, it's there, but because it's been there forever and nobody has questioned it because it's been doing good, right? But is it really 
synced with what the company is. That's what the framework also helps with and what we help clients with is really to align their purpose, what they're doing. That is extremely interesting what you just said. You know, it's really at the core of the certification. And it is also, you know, how to align your motivation with what you are doing. You know, it's not like a bandwagon that you jump in and out but it's something that you stay there because you have also a vision. I want to ask you, you know, we are um, also some stones coming. You have made a long journey from the, let us say, the shiny and mighty banking and I'm sure financially rewarding world of the, let us say, Milton Friedman (laughs) to now you have become a real sustainability leader. And not only that, now you have become an advocate, you know, Also, you know, putting together the two perspectives, the purpose, the value, and on the other side, of course, the profit. Can you share some insight, some lesson learned in in all this journey, in Lord's journey? Yes. (laughs) I think one of the big lessons for me was to go with your gut and, you know, follow your passion and really don't give up. I found that staying true to myself has really helped me uh, overcome the many hurdles I came across. And I think whether it's an individual or a company, you will encounter bumps on the roads. This is not an easy journey to take, but a purposeful journey will always be meaningful and I think very rewarding. And also, I think, you know, another message is that, so I've been a professional for more than uh, 20 years now, and it's no longer enough to be different. A company really needs to be making a difference now. Uh, If you want to do business for good, or like in the B Corp community, uh, we say, be the best for the world, not just in the world. Um, again, I would encourage our listeners to take a look at the B-Impact assessment tool online. Um, it's free, it's for everyone, and it can really be a roadmap for any company or any individual who has been a sustainability professional for some years and like me has seen and uh, a lot of or, and applied a lot of different frameworks, but this one really brings it all together. It is a great and wonderful insights because it's <laughs> I really like you know follow your passion and you you have really lived to your world because it, it is not a choice that everybody will have taken lightly and uh, sometimes you know we, we feel but more and more people as you said that is also why you know the, the higher turnover and chance with people it's really because people and especially younger generation like us we are really trying to live up the purpose we are not just there because of paychecks and maybe parks or golden watches but really you know to make a meaningful impact and even you know even the teenagers of today they are, they are showing also this so it's and the consumers and even people see is, is recognizing it what i love the most it's your passion your energy you are not just you know they are to discuss you are there even from a screen you can perceive the energy that is coming out and you believe your work and really you are trying to work for the benefits of the big court movement thank you so much lord that's fantastic thank you very much for having me that was a real pleasure thank you lord wonderful are you satisfied after this wonderful episode let's continue together our sustainability journey